know if you don't go You'll never shine if you don't glow Hey now, you're an all-star Get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star Get the show on, get paid Hello and welcome to episode 137 of section 138, our mid-season awards episode. We're recording this before the All-Star break, but you're listening to this during the All-Star break, and we're very excited to give our picks for the awards for the Blue Jays halfway through this season. As always, I'm joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? I'm doing good, Mark. I like this little idea that we have put together here for an like an awards kind of show for our podcast, so... Um, very creative and very fun here during the All-Star break. I'm uh, I'm actually really excited for it. Yeah, it should be lots of fun. How are you, Jacob? I'm doing great and I've I've seen the results so far and some of them uh, some of them I agree with, some of them I have different takes on, but I think this will over, overall be a very fun episode. Yeah, for those of you who don't know how this is going to work, um, we put out fan votes on Instagram and Twitter both on our official Section 138 pod social media in addition to all three of our own personal Instagrams, and we got a total of about 33,000 votes, um, all told from all our different accounts and all the different polls. And we have seven different awards that we're going to be taking the fan vote for, and then we're also going to be making our own choices. So it's an action-packed episode today. We're excited to get to it. But our first award that we're going to be going to, we're going to be going in um, least important award to most important award. The least important award we're going to, or at least the least exciting, is reliever of the year. So I guess, Jacob, you can kick it off with your selection. Yeah, to be completely honest, I don't think there's too many surprises here. It has to be the Mark Monterio native Jordan Romano. Easily been the what? best. He's Canadian. <laughs> I didn't even realize that until last season. He's It's... But he he's he's easily been Toronto's best reliever, most consistent reliever. He came into last season. He was fantastic. I think he had like nine straight scoreless appearances. Missed the last uh, to the end of last season. Comes back expecting to be one of three legitimate options at the back end of the bullpen. Unfortunately, there those other two options didn't really pan out. But Romano has been fantastic all year. In total so far, thirty one games, a one seventy six ERA and a one fourteen WHIP, which those numbers, I mean, when your ERA is, is is very close to your whip and your whip is extremely low, I think that says enough about how good you've been. Romano has just, he's become the Blue Jays closer. He's been lights lights out all season long. And I just, I don't know how you pick anybody else. He's just, he's been fantastic. And it's good that the Blue Jays, I think, still have him for a year or two under control. But he's he's definitely been their best reliever. And he's been good for my fantasy team. But I don't know how you how you pick anybody else. He's just, he's been fantastic all season long. Yeah, uh, not much of a debate here. I think we kind of all expected it. And for people who didn't jo- uh, vote for Jordan Romano, that is kind of what I want to question people about of like who they can possibly think uh, of someone who's been better and someone who's been more consistent. You know, Jordan Romano, we all know the story about him kind of walking into the year as the unofficial closer along with someone like Rafael Dolis. He quickly took that over. And ever since he's, the year has started, he has been that guy coming out of the bullpen who the Jays are pretty much only... That like very comfortable with is he's the only one that they're that comfortable with to send out uh, every day when they're or when they're winning in the ninth inning, whenever the heck that is, or even if they want to keep a game tied or you know keep a game within one run, he's the guy. Um, nobody else really on this bullpen right now is somebody who you can kind of 
considered to be somewhat competition to that award to Jordan Romano. So yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I think all of us obviously voted for him, but yeah, people who didn't vote for Romano, that's the one I want to uh, question you guys about for the who the heck they think could be better than Jordan Romano this year. So yeah, uh, all kudos to Jordan Romano, and you do hope that in the second half of the season that he can keep this up. I think he's kind of given us every indication that he can. So um, yeah, he, he's going to remain a big piece of this bullpen going forward and uh, likely in the next couple of years as well. Yeah, this one was a no-brainer. And you look at his stats, like Jacob, you mentioned the 1.76 ERA, but that used to be at 1.21 before his last outing. He gave up two runs in his last outing on two on one hit and two walks. And before that, his ERA was 1.21. So, I mean, just ridiculous. And going back to before his last outing, he had 16 consecutive appearances without giving up a run, um, an earned run, that is. He gave up one unearned run. And over that span, he had 23 strikeouts, six walks. Um, just crazy numbers from him. And the most remarkable thing from him, I think, this season is that he hasn't given up a home run. I think he is... Last I saw the stat, he was one of 11 relievers in baseball to not give up a home run this season. So pretty impressive stuff from him. That's a no-brainer. And when we go to our fan vote on this, as you can imagine, the numbers reflect what we just said. Um, we The way the fan vote worked is that we had three finalists for each position plus another option. So in this case, um, the three finalists, we had Anthony Castro, who got 4% of the vote, 216 votes. We had Tim Meza, who got about 5% of the vote at 257 votes. We had the other option, which I think some people were just trolling with. Some people said Joel Pyamp. Some people said Tyler Chatwood, but that got 15% of the vote. And then Jordan Romano with over 3,000 votes, 74%, um, 100% the reliever of the year. And that's pretty much a no-brainer, I think, for all of us. Um, okay, so moving to the next one, and maybe there'll be a little bit more contention here. But the next award is the Best Off-Season Edition. Um, so I guess we can go around the other way. I can start with my finalist for this or my choice for this. Um, I think there might be a little bit more disagreement here, or at least there was in the poll. Um, but I have to go with Marcus Simeon. I think that's a no brainer. Look, he's on pace for an MVP season. If you didn't have someone like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or someone like Shohei Otani in this league, Marcus Simeon would probably be one of the leaders, if not the leader in MVP voting, if you were to vote today. He's having an incredible season, and to think that the Blue Jays got this guy for one year and $18 million, and he's already put up 4.4 war halfway through the season, right? He's on pace for 8.8, .8 according to baseball reference. That's just incredible numbers, and you can't discount that. OPS plus of 138, so not quite as good as where, you know, Vladdy is, but of course, Vladdy's not an offseason addition, and you look at comparing to the other guys who... Blue Jays added this offseason. I mean, Steven Matz, not going to give the award to George Springer. Maybe if he was healthy, you could give the award to him, but he hasn't really contributed to the team this year. Um, I saw some people in the other vote saying Robbie Ray, but he doesn't count because he was with the team last year. So I got to go with Marcus Simeon, hands down. Yeah, I'm with you. Marcus Simeon for me, 100%. 
And I did think that this was going to kind of create a little bit more of a disagreement. Not as much as I originally thought, but definitely there is some. And yes, there obviously you can make the argument for George Springer. We know that he's the, I guess, the new toy that the Jays signed for long-term, $150 million. But yeah, um, you know, when you want to summarize it all and put it, into, put it into perspective, Springer hasn't played this year. So he's played 17 games now. We know he's, he's starting to consistently play, but... He hasn't played enough for for me, in my opinion, to give him that award. And when you want to look at somebody else like Marcus Simeon, who came over, Mark, you mentioned the details of the contract. It's not even close because of how good Marcus Simeon has been. Another MVP season, a bounce-back season from what we had last year. And this is exactly what the Jays were banking on for him to have a bounce-back season. I don't know if they expected it to be this good, but they're going to take anything they can get. And now, you know, people hope that you can kind of keep him here long-term. I'm one of those people. I'm sure you guys are as well, but that's another topic for the end of the year. But for Marcus Simeon, I don't really think there's anybody else here that can come close to him in terms of contention. However, if Springer stays healthy for the second half of the season and he plays like George Springer, like we know George Springer is and how dominant he can be. Maybe you can make an argument at the end of the season, but for the first half of the season, for the first 81 games or 82 games, um, it goes to Marcus Simeon. It, it has to go to Marcus Simeon. And it, there really isn't anybody else that I can think of to give it to other than Springer or Simeon. So those are obviously the two top finalists for me. And Marcus Simeon, for me, um, it's not even close to what he's done this year. Mark, you mentioned the his numbers is an 880 OPS as well, and um, he's got 21 home runs, 54 RBIs, and that's pretty damn good for somebody who had you know a season like he did last year. He's also stolen a lot of bases from what I saw. He's stolen 10 bases, so he's been good on the base path as well for the most part. I know there's been a few times this year where he's had a little bit of a hiccup there, but um, all, all, all in all, it goes to Marcus Simeon, no question. And that's another guy you, you hope that can stay the way he has been playing in the second half of the season. You know, does he stay in the leadoff spot uh, going into the end of July? Does he eventually move down for Springer? I know people are starting to talk about it now and kind of wonder when is that move going to happen or are we going to see that move now? But um, either way, Simeon is a key part to this lineup and uh, he's he's one of the big bats as well that's led the way this year. Here's where the disagreement starts. I, I would say now. Here's the thing. Yeah. I <laughs> I have to go with George Springer as the best offseason acquisition. Now I I know Springer hasn't performed and hasn't played really. He's only played 17 games, a 213 average, and a 333 on base. Uh, yeah, on base percentage with five home runs. So not a lot. Like n- not a lot at all. But considering that you made arguably the biggest move this offseason and locked a guy up for really the second half of his prime and you have him for the for the vast majority of your competitive window I have to say this is the best offseason acquisition now I I know it didn't translate to the first half of the season it didn't really work out and Springer missed most of this the first half but considering that you locked this guy up for as long as you did you, there's not a chance in my mind that this is the best move that they made it's gonna pan out and I it's just it I don't know how if it, I don't know how you make this big of a move and it not be, I think, the best acquisition, e- even if it didn't necessarily pan out as as early on as you had hoped. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a hot take. Uh, I think like if we were recording this, if this was like best offseason acquisitions and we were recording this right when the offseason ended, like at the start of spring training or even the start of the season, yeah, I would say George Springer. But the fact that we're doing mid-season awards, I think means we're only talking about first-half performance. And because of that, I vote. Like, like George Springer hasn't even really contributed at all. So, 
I don't know. That's where that's how I judge this award, and that's why I said Marcus Simeon. If you were looking at like long term impact on the club, yeah, it's going to be George Springer. But I don't think that's what this award is. Mm, no, that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I I kind of viewed it the other way, where it's just you got to kind of con- consider more than just performance, just considering the circumstances. I don't know. I mean, I don't think we can take away from Simeon and me saying Springer's the best mm-hmm. acquisition shouldn't do that because Marcus Simeon's been fantastic. I just, part of me really, part of me knows that, that, that George Springer is probably the best player on this team when he's healthy and, and will be the best player. So it's just, when I look at what the Blue Jays got, it's it's just part of me knows that that this was just their best move long term. Yeah, it just sounds like um, Jacob, you're looking at the award a little bit differently than us, and that's completely mm-hmm. fine. But yeah, at the end of the year too, like I mentioned, if Springer heats up and you know plays like George Springer, there's a pretty good chance you can give that to Springer at the end of the season. But yeah, midway through, I just could give it to Simeon for the same reasons as Mark did. It's just that Springer hasn't really played. And Simeon has been the guy that's kind of been carrying that lineup, taking over the leadoff spot. He's kind of been holding his ground and keeping everything afloat. So that's why, especially for him too, over-exceeding his expectations after what he did last year. And being that top guy, along with Guerrero, along with Bichette, Teoscar, you know, all the all the names. So that's why um, Simeon, for me, is the reason why he gets this award for sure. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but the fan vote does back up Bryce and I, and I as we look at the percentage breakdown in the fan vote, we had 2% said Stephen Matz, 10% or 10.4% said George Springer, 10.5% said Other, and 76% said Marcus Simeon. So a little bit closer between George Springer and Other, but largely the fan vote does back up Bryson and I. But that's the fun of this. We can see how we interpret the awards differently. Um, okay, we're going to go to the third award. For today, it is the Rookie of the Year award, and uh, Jacob, you're kicking this one off. I think this one will will finally agree on one, but it has to be Alec Manoa. Honestly, coming into this season, he'd pitched less than 20 professional innings. Game came into AAA and ERA below one. Comes up to the majors, and he has a 2.70 ERA since then. I think he came up in June. I know, so he's not been here the entire first half of the season, but. I think that this is their their best rookie, 100%. You look at Nate Pearson, he's still a rookie, but he's only made one start. And had he have been healthy, had he have been able to contribute all year, you could have made the case that he could have been the rookie of the year. But considering Alec Manoa came in to this season, not even really having any professional experience, and then to do what he did in the minors and then come up to the majors and just be dominant, like a 270 ERA, that's that's almost what Hyunjin Ryu had last season. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. And I know it's only, it's in much less of a, of a sample size, but considering that this is what he's been doing and he's only, I think had two bad starts, one against the Orioles and one against, I think it was his second start against the Miami Marlins. Other than that, he's been fantastic. Carried a no hitter into the sixth of the seventh inning in his last start. Like this guy, he he's just ridiculous, ridiculously good. And I think so far he's been, he's been the story for the Blue Jays and he's, Thankfully, I think he's one of many rookie of the years that we might be talking about within the next couple half season uh, half season reports because Blue Jays still have a lot of prospects. But right now, I think Alec Manoa has to be your be- your best rookie, and his numbers do reflect that. He's just he's been he's been dominant. He's been one of their top starters, and he's really he's one of a lot of or one of five or one of four really good starters that they have. So he's really come in and he's solidified this rotation, and I, I, he's got to be the rookie of the year for me. 
Alec Mano is my rookie of the year as well. I mean, we did a segment on this guy back in April of when we think he'd come up. A lot of us at first, I think our original prediction for all of us, it was like September or like August. And it's crazy how quickly things changed over the course of time. And, you know, he's he's come in so far. Majority of his starts, he has been good. He's had a couple of, of hiccups along the way, which is fine. But he's still a rookie developing at the major league level now as well. And that's safe to say. But he's also coming off one of the best, I think, the best outing of his career so far, which came his last start. And he was just dominant. So, you know, the amount of upside and the amount of potential that this guy has uh, for the future is insane. And he's quickly becoming a good centerpiece in this rotation. We know that behind uh, Ryu, behind Ray, you can kind of, you can maybe throw in Manoa there, um, you know, based off of what he's done so far in terms of like the third or fourth guy, third or fourth best guy. Um, but yeah, Alec Manoa, not even a question for me. Just the amount of speculation and the amount of attention we gave this guy, even going back into spring training, um, you know, just a couple of spring appearances as well, where we were kind of talking about how nasty his stuff was and everything like that. And when we think he'd be up, we know that he was drafted in 2019 and he's pretty much skipped all of A and double A or no, he skipped double A as well, but he just started in triple A and um, he, as quickly as he did, he came up to the major league level. It's just something that we don't really see every day in terms of how quickly someone comes up to the MLB. So uh, kudos to him. A 270 ERA, like like you mentioned, Jacob, through seven starts now. Uh, he's got his eighth start, or he will be having his eighth start by the time this podcast is like done being recorded. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, he's just been dominant so far. And going into the second half of the season as well, you want to you want to keep that consistency up, and you want to hope that he can maybe even get better and look a little bit better than what he has in terms of some of his starts where he's kind of been a little bit up and down. So that's what you expect out of a rookie, though. And it's kind of interesting, too, because of his performance. Going back to if we wanted to do this, like we were referencing the Springer Simeon debate uh, five minutes ago, if you wanted to look at this maybe in March, uh, I think all of us would have kind of circled around Nate Pearson and say for sure that this guy was going to get the Rookie of the Year award or be the best rookie on this team. And it's quickly how quick, or it's quickly, no, sorry, it's crazy how quickly things can change for Pearson. He's only made one start, uh, he's injured again. I mean, will we even see him again this year? There's a good chance we don't even see him again this year. So we'll see what happens with Nate Pearson. It's been frustrating. and um, But yeah, for going back to Manoa, can't wait for the second half of the season for him. And you just hope that he continues to dominate and continues to get better and develop at that that major league level. Yeah, Manoa without a question. And like for the like fan vote options, the other guys we had were Riley Adams and Anthony Castro because there's really no other rookie who's come up and performed this season besides Alec Manoa. So this was probably the easiest award award to give out to someone. Um, we had a few people say other. A couple people uh, said Alejandro Kirk, which he hasn't really played this season. He's been injured for a while. And also, he technically does have his uh, rookie status intact, but he did come up last year. So it's definitely Alec Manoa, hands down, and the fan vote supports that. We had 2% for Riley Adams, 4% for Anthony Castro, 11% for other, and 81% for Alec Manoa. So definitely the people are behind us in that choice, and it's pretty hands down. Um, okay, I think this is the award I'm most excited for because I think that we're going to vary the most on who we choose. It's the Comeback Player of the Year Award. And just before I even say who won the fan vote, because I'll wait till we all get our votes in for that, but... It was 26%, 28%, and 32% for the three finalists for this award. So it was neck and neck all the way. But I'm going to choose someone who wasn't even a finalist 
for this award. I'm going to choose Ross Stripling. Interesting. For the Comeback Player of the Year award. Um, I think the season that he is putting together now, yes, his numbers don't show it, but it's only because he was horrible for the first you know five, six starts. But you look at the season he had last year, okay, 5.84 ERA. He appeared in 12 games. That was nine starts. You go back to 2019, good season, 3.47 ERA, 90 innings, you know, 3.47 FIP as well. He was an all-star in 2018. The caliber of play for Ross Stripling has always been there. But what we are seeing this year is such a bounce back from what he showed last year as just ridiculous. Already, after his horrible first six, seven starts. His ERA is 4.06 over 71 innings, 4.47 FIP. But you go to the splits and the game logs and look at the splits between his first seven starts and the starts since he changed his delivery on May 24th, I think it was. It's just ridiculous. He has one of the best ERA of any starter in the American League. He has one of the best whip of any starter in the American League. The numbers that he's putting up is ridiculous. And I think the amount of improvement we've seen from him, the fact that he has a 2.35 ERA over his last eight games, seven starts, that includes one game where he appeared um, after I think it was Trent Thornton in the first inning in the game against the Rays. Um, The numbers he's putting up is ridiculous. So even though he wasn't a finalist for our award, I got to say Ross Stripling. I think what he's doing is incredible, and it is certainly a bounce back from last season. Interesting. Um, I The way I look at it, I think it has to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Considering the expectations for the number one prospect in baseball going into his rookie season and then kind of underachieving coming into last season, looking pretty good. I mean, he lost a lot of weight before spring training, gained it back before summer camp and then ended up with a 270 average last year or a 260 average last year and then 270 in his rookie season. So Not the numbers that we had necessarily expected, but this season is just ridiculous. He's leading the league in batting average, RBI, OPS, uh, on-base percentage. He's second in home runs. He was first in home runs for quite a while, but Shohei Otani is putting on a a bit of a show right now. I think he is 32 at the time of this recording, and Vladi is 28, and he's third in slugging. Like... Consider, I know it's only half a season, but I'm I'm willing to say that this is the type of hitter that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is, and he's not, he's not going down. He's he, this is what he is, and he's he's going to stay at this this at this level, and I consider that to be a comeback. You, you look at even last year his defense. You say, okay, well his offense was decent. Like I wouldn't say a 270 or a 260 average is necessarily bad, but considering that you're expecting a 340 average or or that you're getting a 340 average this season you were kind of expecting something closer to that, or at least to 300. And aside from his offense, his defense last season was okay. I mean, like there were some plays where you'd make some errors and a lot of them were intuition based where he should have gone to the base instead of played the ball or, or whatever. But this season, it's a complete turnaround. I think he has one or two errors. And I think those plays were on ones where it was like a bobble, but it was a, it was a tough play for him to make anyways. But regardless you look at a lot of these plays like if you watch a lot of the games and if the numbers don't won't reflect this they won't say like oh perfect catch by Vladdy but if you go look and watch those games you'll see that there was a play where it should have been an error on the third baseman or the shortstop or second baseman or somebody else on the infield and he caught that ball and he's his defense has improved so much to the point where maybe you can argue that he's a gold lover it, it, maybe I don't know depends but 
I think considering what we expected from Vladdy last season, what he didn't do last season, and what he was able to do this season after putting in all that work in the offseason, he's got to be the comeback player. He he went from having the expectations of being one of the best players in the league to being above just above league average, and he came into this season, and he's he's been this season. He's been one of the best hitters, one of the best overall players, and I think if Shohei Otani was in the NL he would Vladdy would for sure be the MVP but point is Guerrero has he's come back and he's he's put on a show all season and I think that he's just he's been the best player and he's just he's he's really turned his career around even though it's two years into it or three years into it but I say it has to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This may be the only award where all three of us have different answers because I have a different answer from you as well. And I'm got to go with Marcus Simeon as well for my second award to him for the Comeback Player of the Year. I understand Vladimir Guerrero Jr. underperformed last year. And yes, he did underperform. And the season he's had and the bounce back season he ha- he's had has been through the roof. But if we want to compare, I guess, his 2020 numbers to 2021, yes, of course, they were down. But... In all, all in all, as much as we've been disappointed with Guerrero coming into this season, or other than 2021, his numbers haven't been like horrible. It's just they've been just above average, and they've been they've been okay. Like they ha- they haven't been bad. They haven't been. So that's why I look at that. But when you want to look at Marcus Simeon as well as what he did last year in 2020 with Oakland in terms of playing in a 60 game season, he had an OPS of 679 and and. On base percentage, just over 300, like just over 300. And his slugging percentage was 374. So when you look at that, uh, you look at those numbers and you understand that those numbers are pretty bad. Seven home runs, 23 RBIs. And then when you want to look at his numbers this season, we all, I, as I mentioned earlier too, an 880 OPS. His slugging percentage now is at 532. Compared to 374 last year, it's at 532 this year. Uh, 21 home runs, 54 RBIs. And like I mentioned as well, the leadoff guy so far, or right now he's the leadoff guy. So when I want to look at, because it, it, and also to it, it looks at how much differently we all look at this award. So for comeback player of the year, like I like to look at the numbers from last year or the previous year, and then kind of compare it to this year. As much as uh, Vladimir Guerrero Juniors have been obviously better than Simeon's this year, the numbers last year were worse for Marcus Simeon than Vladimir Guerrero Juniors. So that's why. That's how I look at the award. That's why I give it to Simeon as well, somebody who's on a one-year deal. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to get paid. He's going to get long-term security. We don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to have to eventually happen one day. But for someone like Marcus Simeon coming in on a one-year deal, kind of a, a, a coin toss in terms of what, what goes next for him if he doesn't perform this year. Because a lot of things can go wrong for him, or a lot of things could have went wrong. And who knows what would have happened with his career going forward. But I think the way he's playing now, we all he's kind of setting himself up as somebody else who's going to get paid. So we banked, the Jays banked on him for one year. Uh, he banked on himself for one year. And then, of course, if you want to give an honorable mention to Robbie Ray, I look at him too. But however, I don't give him the award because he started turning his season around, or not even his last couple of years around, when he got here last year. He had an ERA of 479 with the Jays in 2020, and that was in five games. It was in four starts. I know this year he's obviously been really well, good as well, a 3.36 ERA and 16 starts, but his kind of comeback or his transition to, or his recovery kind of came right when he became a Blue Jay in 2020. So that's why, or even like to end off 2020, he was on that right track. So that's why 
I don't see it as much of a comeback for him as I do with Marcus Simeon or Simeon and um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think a lot of us kind of expected this as well. A lot of us were talking about this at the beginning of the year, saying how important he will be in the rotation behind someone like Hunjin Ryu. They need him to perform. And this was something that we were all kind of banking on and expecting. So that's why I'm not I'm not surprised with Robbie Ray's performance, which is why I don't really give him the award. I'm not, I mean, I'm surprised with how good Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been, but I don't think we, I think we all expected him to be better. So that's the other thing. I wasn't as surprised in terms of his comeback. But yes, the numbers and the records he's setting this year are through the roof. And his OPS plus Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as well is 201. So that's, that's very impressive. And that's insane. But for someone like Marcus Simeon, a lot of us, and a lot of people too, were hating on the signing going back to the date that the Jays did this. They said that this was something that they didn't need to do. They should spend the $18 million on pitching. So not a lot of people were even supporting this signing coming or right off the bat. So that's why all the factors I take into this, and I, I got to give to Simeon based off of the amount of, you know, the, just the way he's turned his, his career around the past couple of years. I mean, going back to 2019, he had... An MVP season, third, finished third in MVP voting. And last year was a complete downfall, complete, almost like a 90-degree drop. And this year, he's gone all the way back up. And then to your point, um, uh, Mark, for uh, Ross Stripling, that's also a good name I didn't even kind of think of. I just, I'm going to base off of the just April 1 when they when they started the season and how good. And I know Simeon had a bad couple of um, weeks. He did. They took him off the leadoff spot. He came back up, but he got going quicker than Ross Stripling did, so that's why that's it's just the way you look at the award, and that's why I got to give it to Simeon based on all the all those factors um, for comeback player of the year. Yeah, the reason that I wouldn't give it to Vladdy is that I would call a season more of a breakout season than a comeback season, um, just because like everyone expects him to be great. He had a few rough years his first two years in the majors, but that's it. Marcus Simeon, um, obviously great twenty nineteen, not great twenty twenty, but. Again, I don't think I read that much into 2020. Robbie Ray, I think, like, I was really considering him. If I didn't go with Ross Stripling, it would have been Robbie Ray. But um, anyways, the fan vote for that award for Comeback Player of the Year, where I mentioned super, super close. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had 26%. Robbie Ray had 28%. Marcus Simeon, 32%. And other with 12%. A couple people said Ross Stripling. A couple people said Tim Meza, um, which I thought was also... Uh, Interesting pick, um, but we'll go to our next award, the Gold Glove Award. Um, Bryson, you want to kick this one off? I will, and this is another one where I'm kind of interested to see where we, because it feels like it's going to go down to uh, Marcus Simeon or even Vladimir Guerrero Jr. again. I mean, there could be, there's a lot of names that you can put into this, but for the, what do you call it? Sorry, for the Gold Glove Award, just looking at all the numbers here, it's kind of surprising me. Randall Gritchie was also a candidate. I got to give it again to Marcus Simeon. I have to. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think that's the uh, a very big argument. I think you can easily give it to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because of his bounce back season at first base. But just the amount of, I guess, for Simeon, he's been a complete player so far. He's been very good at second base. Uh, he's going to be an all-star at second base as well for the first time. I got to give it to Marcus Simeon based off his overall performance and we kind of expected him to be good defensively and he's been solid he has been so that's why I'm gonna give it to Simeon um and I know I, it, it it's tough because I want to give it to Vladdy as well I just gotta look overall and give it to Marcus Simeon for a gold glove award just because of how he's kind of solidified the infield as well the middle of the infield between someone like Bo Bichette and him and we all know that um, there was a time earlier on in the season where we were wondering, should Bo Bichette swap with Marcus Simeon? And that's why 
I just like how, you know, it's been solidified in the middle of the infield with Marcus Simeon and um, for his performance as well. That's why I got to give it to him. See, I, I know I vouched for Vladdy in the last, uh, in the last one, but I, I think it's got to be him as well for the gold glove, because when you look at it again, last season, defense was not great. Like it was, it was feasible. Like you could throw the ball to him at first base and you would get the runner out, but he wasn't great. Or he wasn't, he wasn't fantastic. Whereas this season, he saved probably maybe 30 or 40 errors for a lot of his other defenders. If you want to look back on it, like there have been so many plays where he's had to stretch. I don't know how he hasn't like pulled something in his groin at this point because he'll, he'll do the complete splits in order to catch a ball. And it's just, it's, it's ridiculously impressive. And you always listen on the broadcast to Buck and Pat will say, put a red star beside that play. And there's probably been a million of those red stars at this point. Like he, his defense, not he's he's cleaned up a lot of those mental errors that he's made but he's also just become a better overall defenseman and, and credit to him for that like this season in he has a 933 fielding percentage in 65 games at first base so good i mean for some reason the stats here also count 19 games as dh even though you can't really have a fielding percentage there but uh at least he's got 100% fielding percentage at dh but uh, no at first base he's been easily their best defender one of the best defenders you look at i mean the holy the, the infield as a whole at least the right side of it has been good with simeon and guerrero but i think you got to give it to guerrero considering that not only has he made the plays you expect him to make and those good plays but he's also he's bailed out teammates probably more times than we can count and, and it's just it, to me that's the most impressive thing and i don't i i think guerrero's easily been their their best defender probably on the team i mean maybe with the exception of randall gritchick you can argue that he's been those two have been their best defenders, but I would have to say it's it's Vladdy, considering that night in and night out, there's just there's another flashy play that you look back on. To me, Vladdy has been very good defensively, but because of the first baseman, it hurts him. Um, if we were mm-hmm. voting on like actual Gold Glove awards by position, yeah, Vladdy would be in contention, but because it's for all the players, kind of have to rule out Vladdy on that. Um, I got to go with Marcus Simeon as well. You look at the fact that he moved positions, he moves to second, he's still just as solid. And um, despite the errors that would happen at third base with Kevin Biggio or Joe Panic, despite the errors that would happen at second with Bobachet, Marcus Simeon has always been an anchor in the infield. And I got to give it to him. And for part of that's part of the reason why, uh, along with the Cy Young Award, I didn't give the most improved player or bounce back player, comeback player to either Marcus Simeon or Robbie Ray, because I knew I'd be giving them other awards. Um, And with the fan vote for the gold glove award, kind of all over the place with this one, 19% for Randall Grishik, 22% for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 44% for Marcus Simeon. So he does win the fan vote. Um, But then we had a whole bunch of other votes, 13%. People said Lourdes Goriel Jr. He was on the list little skeptical with that he has great throws but um horrible uh uh, route efficiency on him so Santiago Espinal that was a mention understand that a couple people said Teoscar Hernandez which I think is quite ridiculous um maybe they were just thinking of last night's throw from the outfield to get the runner at home um and then one person I think said Bobachet which I also think is quite ridiculous but Kind of all over the place with that one, so not a solid favorite pick on that one. But we'll move now to Cy Young Award. Like I alluded to, I chose Robbie Ray on this one, so I gave Ross Stripling love and comeback player, Simeon love and gold glove, and then now Robbie Ray getting love 
for Cy Young Award. Um, he's been phenomenal. He's been the best starter in the Blue Jays rotation. Um, there's not much to say here besides the fact that he's been great. Um, looking at what he was in 2020, yes, we talked about bounce back player of the year, comeback player of the year. He had the most walks allowed in all of Major League Baseball last year. This year, he's striking out batters at an alarming rate. He is walking practically no one. It's remarkable the turnaround he's had, and I definitely think he is the ace of this rotation. Mm-hmm. I like that you said that because he truly is the ace. Because like everybody, everybody expected Hyunjin Ryu to be their ace, and he has been sort of. He, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. He had a good start against the Orioles, but he's not been he's not been basically what we'd expect him this to, but Ro- him to be this season. But Robbie Ray has been everything and more, like. 16 games, a 6-4 and four record, although record is, is pretty irrelevant in my opinion when you look at pitchers. 3.36 ERA and a 111 whip in, in 93 and two-thirds innings. It's pretty good. Like I would say that's good. Like And he's been he's been easily their ace, the ace of this staff. And he's been healthy all season with the exception of, I think, two starts or two turns throughout the rotation. And he's, I really don't know how you say anything other than he's been their best pitcher. He's been their most consistent pitcher. We've seen, with, I think, the exception of maybe Alec Manoa, everybody else has gone on the IL at at least one point. Or, I mean, Robbie Ray did too. But since he's come back from the IL, missing those first two starts, he's he's just, he's been lights out. And I I don't know how you, how you, how it can be anybody else. Yeah, it's got to be Robbie Ray for me as well. And, um, you know, another kind of guy that, you know, if you go back in February, March and think it's going to be him, a lot of us wouldn't have said this. But yeah, uh, Hunjin Ryu's been struggling. Robbie Ray's been the most consistent pitcher in this rotation by far. And that's why you got to give it to him. And another bounce back season for him, 336 CRA, and hopefully he can get better. So that's why Robbie Ray is my Cy Young award vote. Uh, yeah, Robbie Ray is hands down winner for Cy Young, um, without a doubt. And the fan vote supports that. Uh, Robbie Ray got 65% of the vote. Um, he had over 3,000 votes. Hinjin Ryu came in second with 19%. I think if you're looking at you know, his first two months of the season, maybe he deserves that. But of course, the last month, month and a half that he's had, although he did bounce back in his last start of the first half. But if you're looking at those stats, doesn't totally support it. Um, and that 6% for Ross Stripling, he was the other guy in that. And then um, 8% for other, we had uh, a couple of people say Alec Manoa, who should certainly be in the mix. Um, he's had phenomenal numbers, but um, not quite as good as Robbie Ray. So Robbie Ray, 65%, takes Cy Young Award. And then lastly, the last award we have, MVP. I mean, we can just all say this at the same time because it is, without a doubt, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, and I'll just say the fan vote right now because it's not even close. <laughs> um, our three finalists were Vlad Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon, as you can imagine. Uh, Marcus Simeon got 3% of the vote. Robbie Ray got 1% of the vote. We had 2% say other. And I'm really curious as to who they think is the MVP. But uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had 92% of the vote. He had over 5,000 votes combining all the different polls that we did. It's just, it's ridiculous what he's doing. And I mentioned, like, I I didn't want to give him comeback player of the year. And I wanted to spread the love around, but for MVP, like he gets the love here because what he's doing is insane. And yes, maybe he has the same baseball reference war as Marcus Simeon right now. He still leads Marcus Simeon in MLB war, and he's still in the top, you know, two, three hitters. I think two, I think he's second in home runs in baseball behind 
only Shohei Otani. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that he is the best player on the Blue Jays. Maybe not the best player in baseball if you look at Otani, but without a doubt, this was the easiest decision to make of the entire um, the entire midseason awards that were given out. For sure. And I mentioned all those things that he's leading the league in. I'm just going to mention them because they are ridiculous. Like the, the, I think one of you said it last week. He's putting on MLB The Show rookie mode or rookie difficulty stats. Like leading the league with a 341 batting average, 73 RBIs, which is first in the league, 439 on base percentage, a 1.118 whip, uh, or not whip, OPS, and a 4.5 war. And I mean, with with uh, with home runs, uh, Shohei Otani is just he, he's on another planet. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some Mars DNA. Like the, he's ridiculous, and it's hard to beat somebody that, that that's that good. But Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not only one of the best players in on the Blue Jays, but one of the best players in baseball. And he's been he's been their their best player. He's been their leader. I think that's fair to say. And he you can tell that this guy cares about this team. You look at. All those bad losses in Boston or in Buffalo or any of the times where the Blue Jays have a bad game, he 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 hates it and he's angry and he, I think that motivates him. He said going into last season and this season that the haters and the the people saying you're too overweight or or whatever that motivated him to be better and he really shut up everybody that that was criticizing him. He's been fantastic. Not really much to say. I mean, other than give him 10 minutes of praise but like this has been he's been the Blue Jays best player and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now he's gonna be the first guy the Blue Jays signed to a a 10 plus year extension okay I don't know if the Blue Jays do that right now I've you know this isn't the time to talk about it because no not yet but it's gonna be a whole a whole conversation yeah but uh the Blue Jays are gonna have to if they were signing him over the next you know year or year or two they're gonna have to buy high on him so I think you know there's no advantage to extending him right now but anyways yeah Vladimir Groh Jr. best player on the Blue Jays perhaps even in baseball and you look like yeah he's falling behind in the home run race maybe by I think he's three behind of Shohei Otani as we record this this maybe that changes before the all-star break but that doesn't mean he's bad he's just getting the job done in other ways right he had a three hit night the other night in baltimore um so he's doing the job in other ways still 201 ops plus which is absolutely ridiculous when you look at 100 is a league average if you're at 150 that means you're 50% better than the league average what he's doing is off the charts still 341 batting average as we record this so absolutely insane no doubt that vladimir guerrero junior is the mvp of this team if not the league um, and thankfully the fan vote supports that and we can at least trust the fan vote for that. So, um, that's all the awards we had. It was a fun episode and it was fun to see both what fans thought and what we thought and some of the differing opinions we had on certain awards, but thank you to everyone who voted for this as always. Um, if you missed this vote, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at section 138 pod. So make sure you don't miss any future things like this. We had 33,553 votes total over all of our social accounts. So um, next time you want to be one of those people, make sure to go follow us on social media. And thank you to those people who did vote. I think total, we probably had about 3,000 unique accounts or maybe 4,000 unique accounts voting. So that's really cool. Thanks for all the interaction on that. Um, And as always, you can support our podcast on Patreon, patreon.com 
slash section138pod. You can support us by rating and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And then lastly, our podcasts are available in a video form on YouTube, which you can go subscribe there and check it out there. Um, okay, I think that's everything for this. It's been an awesome first half. We're very excited for the second half of the Blue Jays season. And it gets started in just a couple days. So we'll catch you next.